The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. That's right, we've got the app now, and we've got an NBA free rolls contest that locks at the end of the week. So make sure you get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in either the App Store or or Google Play Store. Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, back again in your ear holes. It's the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, the mighty, mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, growing by the day, it seems. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Fox. Hello, uh, and welcome to episode 47. Um, I guess we will, since we always dedicate the episode to someone, we'll, up, we'll dedicate this to the 47th president of the United States, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty sure that's what you, you people are going to do uh, next, is you're probably going to vote in, uh, or maybe Oprah. I'm not sure if Oprah's going to run, but something like that. Anyhow, um, welcome to the show. We'll try not to talk too much. Too uh, much, too many, too much po- politics. Too much, I guess, would be proper. I guess because uh, we're here to tell you how to how to gamble your money on people fighting each other. It's far more far more um, upstanding uh, pursuit than than politics for sure. Uh, and we have a fight card to break down this week. Of course, um, UFC took uh, are going to take another week off in a couple weeks, which will be. Strange. We we'll may have to do some uh, pre-production that week, but regardless, we do have a, uh, an event to break down this week, so we should probably jump right into it. And I'm not just making saying the royal we. Um, I actually have someone with me who laughs to laugh at my jokes and to give detailed breakdowns of the fights, and he's almost as good as I am at picking fights. He's about one percentage point below me. I'm at 55 percent. He's at 54. So he, he's doing all right. He's uh, but he. He's good at picking underdogs, so he's he's down less money than I am. Um, this person in question, of course, would be the king of Gogo Plata, the toughest purple belt in on the earth, maybe in the universe. Um, his name would be Daniel Gumby Freeland. Hello. Did you have to stick that spot in there about the underdog just so I wouldn't bring up that I have the money lead on you this year? Yeah, I was waiting for you to jump in. Usually you have to. Usually you jump in immediately when I when I uh, brag about being ahead. You usually go, but who's ahead in the money? We're both not. Neither of us are ahead in the money, really. Um, <laughs> Vegas is ahead in the you, money. <laughs> yes, you're just you're just uh, uh, doing worse, uh, better off than I am. I am. Uh, my family's in far more dire straits because of my picks than yours is. So, um, yeah, so that'll be Daniel Gumbervy and the, the king of the pods. This is probably his third podcast he's recorded today. Is this right? Is that right? Uh, second. Second today. Second. One one yesterday. The prelim primer right. came out yesterday. Uh, Top Turtle MMA will come out uh, sometime tonight. 
And then uh, obviously this one, yeah, third. Yes, I haven't heard the prelim primer. It's in my hopper. I haven't listened to it yet, so I haven't. Usually, I can get the jump on Dan and uh, figure out what he's going to pick, at least for the prelim fights before we record. But I didn't get a chance today. So, um, but I, I know all you people aren't here for that. You're here for the uh, Ultimate Fighter recap, um, which it, it was on again, right? We are going to do a recap. I regret to inform you, I can't give you a recap. My. Good. My life actually got crazy enough that I I haven't watched it yet. I have it, I oh. have that queued up. Um, I am excited for the fight though. I will here. I'll I'll launch an unofficial prediction after the okay. fact. So the listeners probably already know what happened. No, they, no one uh, watches it. No one knows. That's true. Yeah, me and the other person who usually watch it. I guess maybe that person had a busy week too. Um, but I like the fight between Trace on Gore and uh, what is the other one? Ryder. Um, the big. Heavy hitter from from Vegas, Ryder. Something. I'm not going to help you. Damn it! It's Ryder something. Newman, Ryder Newman. It's Ryder Newman. Um, That's a hockey player name. Yeah, he kind of sounds like a hockey player too, um, which is which is pretty great. Yeah, I think they're both like kind of like fun, not awful, experienced prospects. Uh, I think it'll be a fun one, and I think there's probably going to be a big knockout in it. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. And my unofficial prediction. I'll take uh, Trishan Gore by the big knockout. Oh, there we go. A prediction after the fact uh, on a recorded show, too. So it's a very – Yeah, it's after the fact, after the fact. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you uh, came here for. So, no, you you probably came here for – us telling you where to where to invest your money this weekend. But before we get to that, let me tell you about WinBet, uh, a place where you can um, invest your money, actually. WinBet is bringing you the re- action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. So today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. So basically that past segment shows you how much pre-production goes into the show like uh if this was a normal show i would have asked dan if he had watched watched uh ultimate fighter beforehand but no we we don't all the pre-production is what time do you want to record at that's pretty much it so <laughs> there you go look behind the curtain all right um we're gonna make some picks for ufc on espn the, the korean zombie versus ege aka ufc and espn 25 aka ufc vegas 29 it's probably ufc fight night something too but who knows? Um, I missed getting to do that last week because we actually had pay-per-view. So this card, it's on, it says it's on UFC, UFC and ESPN, but it's technically on UFC, ESPN 2 and ESPN Plus. That would be the main card in the prelims. Uh, prelims, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, main card, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I don't – I've seen various um, – various uh, – fight lineups out there with, with uh, different orders of the fight, so I don't know if it's all been locked down as of yet, but we'll just go with Wikipedia because that's the easiest one to read off of here. Um, we've lost a fight to means Danny Roberts. Um, we're scheduled for this, but Roberts got removed due to COVID protocols, so means we'll be fighting Nicholas Dalby in, next week instead. Um, we also had, oh, there's another fight that was linked to here, but it's not anymore. I can't remember what Tyson, it was. Tyson Nam versus yeah. Tagir Ulambakov. Rice, yes, yeah. that's the one. And Ulambakov so, withdrew, to my knowledge. I don't know. Okay. It did, they didn't say COVID, but it, it sounded like it might have been a visa issue. Okay. I don't think it was ever officially announced anyhow. Um, but, yeah, there you go. But we uh, we have a nice, tight 12-fight lineup. It's actually 
um, over on my MMA site, MMA-Manifesto.com. It actually ranks fairly high um, for quality based on the the um, the strengths of, of the fighters on this card. So it's a pretty solid fight card. Maybe not a huge amount of, of star power, but it's uh, it's got a lot of a lot of good fighters on it. And we will start with women's flyweight Kissy O'Neill versus Lara Procopio. 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 Which one should I go with? I think it's Procopio. <laughs> okay. Procopio it is then. There you go. Um, we'll go with um, Ms. O'Neill first, nicknamed King. Um, Lara Procopio does not have a nickname, so obviously King wins the nickname battle here, especially since it's a woman being called King. That's, that's even better. So, All right, Casey O'Neill, 6-0 and as a pro, two knockouts, one submission, 1-0 one in the UFC, which was a TKO victory over, was it Eubanks? Jerry Eubanks, is that right? Um, no. No, no, it was over, are you talking about Casey O'Neill, yeah. uh, Shannon Dobson? Right. I always get those two mixed up for some reason. Yes, it was Shannon Dobson. So were they both on tough? Is that why I'm getting them mixed up? Yeah, was Shannon Dobson? Yes. Mm-hmm. Shannon Dobson went on tough? We'll, we'll go with that. Sure. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> All right. King O'Neill, uh, two inches taller, two inches of reach, two years younger. Grappling stats in her favor but is based off one fight. Um, plus 125. Procopio, we decided, is her name. Uh, she's 7-1. One. one knockout, two submissions. 1-1 one one in the UFC. Uh, she lands more strikes than her opponent, uh, than, than O'Neill on average, but like I said, we're basing this on one fight. She's at minus 155. I think I'm going to jump on an underdog right away in this one and take O'Neill at, at the plus money. I am not. Uh, there are okay. a lot of underdogs I like on this card, but Casey O'Neill is not one of them. Uh, but, you know, I do like Casey O'Neill. I, I think she's a good prospect. I just, uh, I'm not sold on this, this matchup for her. Uh, you know, like you look at that first fight, she fought somebody in, in Shanda Dobson who has, I don't want to say awful takedown defense, but definitely subpar takedown defense in the ability to grapple, right? Like she, she, she's a striker. She likes to box and she got it, went in there and got out grappled. So, you know, you, you could take that Casey O'Neill win and say that, Hey, it's a good one. But at the same time, like she's now fighting instead of somebody who can't grapple, somebody in Lara Procopio who has a black belt in jiu-jitsu and just got done taking down Molly McCann seemingly at will. Molly McCann, a way better opponent to have and beat than Shanda Dobson. So right. I, I come out of that really liking Procopio. And in addition to that, too, if this does stay on the feet, you know, she fought Carol Rosa in her debut. And, and granted, it was a split decision loss. But in that fight, first of all, she fought it up at Bantamweight. So it was a different weight class. And she landed like 160 punches in 15 minutes. She was she was landing like 10 punches a minute in that fight. Her output is incredible when it does turn into a striking match. So for me, I actually think she winds up taking Casey O'Neill down. But even if she doesn't, I think the output here is enough to keep her ahead on the judges' scorecards. Yeah, all makes sense. I was I'm not totally slow on my pick, but. I'm going to stick with it anyway. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Roll, you got to roll the dice sometimes. Uh, lightweights, Joachim Silva, Rick Glenn. Um, let's start with Mr. Glenn, the gladiator. Um, he's going against Nito BJJ. So obviously the gladiator wins this one. Correct? Yeah, as, as far as nicknames goes, I have no yeah, idea what Nito, B, Nito BJJ is other than maybe that, the name yeah. of his gym. Yeah, maybe. All right, Rick the Gladiator, Glenn, twenty-one six and one with eleven knockouts, four submissions, three and three in the UFC. He's only won one of his last three fights. He did lose his last fight. 
in which he missed weight at featherweight. So this one is up at lightweight. Uh, he also fought previously in the World Series of Fighting, RIP. Um, he was 4-1 there, and he was their featherweight champion. He's not fought in the cage in almost three years, well, two and a half years. Uh, November 2018 was his last fight. Um, he's four inches taller. He's got an inch of reach. Striking stats and active striking stats are in his favor. He's at plus 100. It's even money for him. Silva, 11 and two, six knockouts, three submissions, four and two in the UFC. He also was one and two in his last three. He got knocked out his last fight. He was two and one on the Ultimate Fighter before he got into the UFC. He has also been up on the shelf for quite a while since August of 2019. He's at minus 125. I'm going to go dog again, Dan. Go with the guy with the better striking stats. I'm, I'm going plus money with Glenn. Yeah, I'm going to take Rick Glenn, too. Uh, I'll agree with you on this one. Uh, the, the difficult thing for me here is the amount of unknowns with both guys being having such incredibly long layoffs. Uh, you also add in Rick Glenn moving up a weight class because uh, he's not at featherweight anymore. He's going to be up at lightweight for this one. I, I think there are so many unknowns here that, that make me just want to stay away from this fight. Like, these odds are close, but not because anybody feels like this fight is going to be close. Their odds are closer in this fight because nobody has any clue what to expect from either of these two. So I like Rick Glenn for those those reasons you mentioned. His striking stats are good, and, and the peripherals of, of those striking stats are also good. Like, she, he he works extremely well out of the clinch. I love his elbows. I love his knee work. You go back to that Gavin Tucker fight. He looked phenomenal in that one. Like, I I hope that Rick Glenn shows up. If he does, I think he has no problem. I just think there's so many unknowns here. And again, you know, we always preach, make sure you spend $100 on every fight. But uh, for this one, I I think if I was, if gun to my head, you told me I had to spend $100 on this fight, I think I would say, Bet fight goes the distance and don't bet on either fighter. But uh, for my official pick, I'll, I'll take Rick Glenn, too. I guess that's acceptable as long as you're betting in, in some way or, or other. Do you have any intel on why both guys were off for so long? I don't think I ran across any when I was – is it injury-related? or? I, or, I, or interviewed, sure? I interviewed Rick Glenn right before uh, he was about to re-debut. So Rick Glenn uh, was getting ready to fight Carlton Minus back in December – um, and that's when he tested positive for COVID. So um, he got pulled for the fight then and is just finally getting back in now. But the long layoff before did have to do with a, a fairly large series of injuries that kept him out. So he was in some really rough shape and, and kind of bounced back from that. Finally was getting back into the cage, then got COVID. And now he's just finally getting the chance to finally re-debut. So I'm excited to see him. I'm happy for him for getting back in the cage, but like you got to have a lot of unknowns going up a weight class and doing that. Yeah, at least Silva's been out almost as long. Also, right. do you know do you know anything about his or not? I, I have no idea about his layoff. Um, you know, like I I don't don't know if he's had fights come close to be booked, but I don't know of any that got canceled. And even Tapology doesn't have any under like the cancellation tabs. So like he's just kind of been gone. All right. All right. There you go. He could have been doing something uh, interesting. He could be a monster, savage, killer fighter, and our pick will look bad. Um, but we won't know till Saturday, so we'll wait and see. Uh, let me tell you about Coors Light before we move on here. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need to a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer that's out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 
Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. After all, after we hit all of our picks on uh, Saturday, celebrate responsibly, please, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm, we're still pretending ladies listen to the show, but uh, heavyweights. Josh Parisian, Rookie Martinez. Um, according to my records, they are both chunky guys. Hashtag chunky guys, correct? They are very chunky guys, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shall be fun. All right, Rookie Mart. Neither of them have nicknames that I can find. Do you know of any nicknames for them other than chunky guys? I do not. All right, well, that's boring, but this fight sh- probably won't be boring. It should be a uh, old-school style <laughs> slobber knocker. Um, all right. Who are we going to do first? Uh, let's do it with Martinez. 15-7-2 with eight knockouts and three submissions. He is 0-2 in the UFC. He was also in Ryzen before this where he was went 3-2 and over in Japan. Uh, striking stats in his favor, he's at plus 108. Uh, Josh Parisian is 13-4 and with 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's 0-1 in the UFC. He was on contender, Dana White Contender Series twice. He won both his fights there. Uh, he, according to their last weigh-ins, he will have a 20-pound weight advantage. He came in at 265 and a half, so right at the limit, basically. And uh, Martinez was like 245, I believe, for 244. So if all things being equal, he will be much larger, much chunkier, we could say. He's also six inches taller, seven inches reach, three years younger. He lands three times more strikes. And Martinez, minus 135. Uh, we'll let you pick first, Dan, since I've I've stolen the thunder the past two fights. So I, I will say that I do like Roque Martinez, but I'm going to pick against him here. I, I like him both Me too. personally, and I actually think he's not a bad striker. And I think if you paired him against the right guy, he could probably pick up a UFC win. He actually didn't look bad fighting Mirko Krokop back in Ryzen. Um, if you go back and watch that fight, he, he actually has his moments in that fight too. So Didn't he win that fight? I thought he won that fight. Did he, didn't beat, he? I thought he might have. My memory is serving me poorly. He No, he lost. Uh, but by a cut on the okay. forehead. Ah, just looking it up. Cut on the forehead. Oh, that's, that's weak, man. He, he would have won if it kept going. I don't think he would have won if it kept going because uh, – yeah, I don't think he would have won. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, his his hands did look good. So I actually think he's got a big striking advantage here on Josh Parisian. The problem is, is just kind of the reason why I should have seen the writing on the wall with Huggy Bear when he fought Ben Rothwell. He's a guy who's going to look for power strikes and be incredibly shorter than his opponent, right? Like he's going to be much... Half a foot. Yeah, he's going to be much smaller than Josh <laughs> yeah. Parisian. So in order to fight him... He's going to need to, like, kind of rush himself to get on the inside, which is literally the last place you want to be with Josh Parisian, a guy who likes to grapple, who likes to put you up against the cage, who likes to slowly work for takedowns and wear you out. And, and, you know, being a chunky guy, I think that that doesn't bode well for Roque Martinez here, Uh, you know, like that that grueling style, because Parisian can kind of hang that grueling style, right? Like, he likes to grapple, he likes to sap your energy. And Martinez uh, didn't look particularly good in his, his two previous bouts defending grappling. So I, I just think he probably got an opponent here that, that just isn't going to play enough of his game to give him any real shot at winning. Yep, that's, he's, he's my pick also. The size, it's just a massive size discrepancy too, um, which which I think is going to help. Minus 135 is a pretty nice number, but they are heavyweight, so anything can happen. And you, you don't really need to qualify that you really like Roque Martinez because he's a chunky guy, so of course you, you like Roque Martinez. So yeah, well, that goes, goes without saying, right? And, and he's from Guam. I've interviewed, right. I think I'm on, 
I think I've interviewed three fighters who've made the UFC from Guam, and each and every single yep. one of them, you get off the phone with them, and you just feel good. <laughs> like, yeah. and I mean that. Yeah, you just. They're just the you nicest. Just interviewed one, right? They're just the nicest. Hu- yeah, I just interviewed Frank Camacho literally days right, before yeah. his car accident, which is really sad. Very good interview. Yeah, yeah I, I hope he. I hope he gets uh, healthy quick. But yeah, like. He just, like, makes you feel like you just hung out with your buddy for 20 minutes. Um, and yeah. it's, like, the greatest feeling. And Roque was kind of like that, too. So I wish him all the best, but I am picking against him here. So basically the opposite of how you feel when you get off doing the podcast, right? Yeah, no, feel I like feel miserable. Drained and beat yeah, up. Yeah, drained. I, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> and apparently the top turtle uh, curse doesn't just extend to the cage now. It also makes you get in uh, serious Jesus. car accidents before you're you You're going to hang that on me? <laughs> well, well <laughs> you said you, you laid it all out, dude. Man. You, you basically uh, – you said right before his car accident, I thought – he might have been on the phone during the car accident. Is that, he, wasn't is that on, he wasn't on the phone during the car accident. <laughs> but also the other guy who I interviewed last week also lost. So <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, we had we had no nicknames, but we got some nicknames for this fight. Uh, Welterweights, Kalen Chaos Williams. So basically – did he officially? I thought I heard he had changed his name to Chaos, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. My my understanding it's, is he did not change his name to Chaos, okay. but he usually he goes, goes by, by Chaos. And the best part is too, he has a nickname on top of Chaos. So when he does. He uses, oh, you just wait. It's yeah, coming. when he uses Chaos as his first name, uh, he then yep. uses the Ox Fighter as his. There name. you go. <laughs> yes, and it's Chaos K H A O S. So there you go. So you would think that's a slam dunk, but he's fighting a guy named Matthew Semmelsberger. So that's a pretty uh, good name right there. Um, and he goes by Semi the Jedi. Um, obviously, Chaos, they're both good names, but Chaos the Ox Fighter, you can't top that. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's probably number one. <laughs> All right. Let's go with Semmelsberger, Smelly Burger. Um, Smelly Burger might actually be a more solid nickname for him. You may want to look into it. If you ever interview him, Dan, you may want to mention that to him. All right. I'll, I'll let him know. Right. Smelly the Burger. <laughs> I'm sure he's never heard any smelly or burger jokes at all about his name. Um, all right. Let's get, let's get serious, guys. Uh, he is 8-2 with five knockouts and one submission as a pro. He is 2-0 in the UFC. He got a knockout win in his last fight. He's won five straight fights. So you could say he's surging. Uh, he's an inch taller than Williams, so basically they're the same size. Uh, striking and active striking stats are in his favor. Grappling stats also in his favor. He's at plus 135. Chaos the Ox Fighter, 11-2 with six knockouts, one submission. He's never been finished in a fight. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He won his first two fights and lost his last one. He's got two inches of reach. He's two years younger. He's at minus 170. We'll go to you first again, Mr. Vreeland. I'm actually going to go underdog in this one. I'm going to take Matt Semmelsberger. Um, Me too. Yeah. I, you know, High five. I, I will say this. So I think the power in Chaos Williams is way more dangerous. You saw that when he knocked right. out Abdul Razak Alassan. You know, that was an yeah. absolute bomb he threw in that one. I think Semmelsberger's got hands too. I think he's got the potential to hurt just about anybody. But I also think he has the ability to grapple in this one. Uh, Semmelsberger actually came up a high school wrestler. He's got, like, a wrestling background. Uh, when you watch him in that Carlton Minus fight in his debut, he actually scored as a really gnarly double leg that he slams Minus down real hard with uh, at the end of the third round. I think he just has that in the chamber at all times. So if he feels the hands of Chaos Williams and doesn't like it, I think he just drags this fight to the ground whenever he wants to. And... Granted, I am a little bit worried that he's going to stand and trade until it's too long. Um, but, like, at underdog odds, knowing he's the guy who should be able to control the position, I do like Semmelsberger in this one. Yeah, going underdog 
heavy again. I what three out of four I think I've picked dogs on so far. It worked for us last week. Going on how many underdogs hit last week? I just can quickly. I think five, maybe six. I, I know. Two. I know. I hit personally four of them, and I didn't yeah. hit Moreno. So at least five. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. which is which is a high number, but this yeah. card, I'm gonna tell you, I got more on here too. It feels like an underdog card. There you go. Um, yeah, I I wasn't, I never planned these things in advance, but I'm always happy when I see a plus number beside a, a fighter I plan on picking. So, gotta like that. I also um, like what I see over at Prop Swap as I very poorly transition into that we're brought to you by prop swap america's number one app to buy and sell sports bets find the best odds on nba championship and stanley cup futures when you buy directly from other betters like yourself see a ticket you like but think the price is too high submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it prop swap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses every ticket purchased on prop swap can be resold at any time Last week, uh, not last week, this was a few weeks ago, actually, a prop swap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup feature for 45 bucks when the team was down 3-1 against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for $600. With prop swap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve, just like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. I don't know about NBA futures at this point. It's crazy hear all the craziness that's happened over the past 24 hours dan yeah i i heard chris paul is out indefinitely while they worry yep. about uh just how exposed to covid or whether or not he has covid apparently um, he has it people are saying so he's yeah. vaccinated but has it is what the one of the rumors is but i'm not reporting it as fact yeah they, it seems like there's a lot of possibilities out there but like yeah. i wouldn't want to be anywhere near a future bet on no the Suns or anybody else, if if that was the case, they are yeah. they did close out that series though, right? So they're just waiting yes. on winner now. So yep. maybe they're just yep. praying that that uh, winner takes as long as possible. Yeah, but now now Kawhi Leonard's out indefinitely, and that so, so that series that's that's who they're waiting for that series. So that series could wrap up. Utah could take them out quickly, but Mike Conley's out. Yeah, it's it's pretty wacky. So um, if if you're off, if you have something on prop swap and, you, and you're uh, for a future and you're offered a good a good price for it, I probably would suggest taking it and uh, take take the uh, take your safe your safe money and uh, right now and, and bet on some of these fights that we're telling you about instead. Here's the one that Dan's looking forward to. I think is this the one you're looking forward to the most in the card? Women's I, I think it's yes, yes. This the, is probably, my... probably the, only, the only person in the world who because it'll probably be. A kind of boring grapple fight against two fighters with not really big fan followings. That's the type of fight Dan likes, though, right? The, the, well, I will say I don't think I'm the only one who's the most <laughs> excited about this. Because no. when you do listen to the Freeland Primer, I'm pretty sure my guest also is is most jacked up for this one. Yeah, see, th- this is a fight for the nerds, right? The, the, for the, the grappling, uh, MMA nerds. the grappling, the grappling nerds. MMA yeah, nerds, yeah. exactly. Of course, I'm talking about Kanako Murato Murata. I always do that. I give her an O instead of an A. Kanako Murata. Versus Verna Genderoba. Uh, let me see. Murata, no nickname, so she loses. Genderoba's nickname's Karakara, which means face, which is kind of an odd, weak nickname, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Unless it, yeah, that's a unless the translation, maybe we, we lose something in the translation from Portuguese <laughs> to English, but her nickname's face, so there you go. Um, Murata does not need a nickname because she's a grappling beast, monster, savage, Fill in the blank. Uh, she's 12 and 1 as a uh, pro MMA fighter. Two knockouts, four submissions. She's 1 and 0 in the UFC. She's won eight straight fights. 
she was before the UFC. She was in the all women's uh, Invicta organization where she was two and zero, and she was their strawweight champion. She was before that. She was in Ryzen in in Japan where she was five and one. Before all that, uh, before she got into MMA, she was a judo and wrestling national champion in in Japan. Um, she's five years younger than the, her Brazilian counterpart. She's at plus one twenty. Uh, Jander Roba, aka Face. Maybe it's like an A team reference. Are you young enough to know that, Dan? Or old enough to know that, Dan? Uh, I do know A team, but I I don't know it well enough to get the reference. Well, Face is one of the main characters, so you definitely oh, don't yeah, know. Yeah, I definitely don't. I have seen. <laughs> I did see the one with Rampage in it. So. Oh, I have. <laughs> I pity the fool who saw that. Um, hey, there's another. Hey, okay. hey, hey that joke. All right, Janda Roba, 16-2, 13 submissions. So she, we know uh, her path to victory here. Um, she's never been finished herself in a fight. She's 2-2 two two in the UFC, lost her last fight to Mackenzie Dern in another grapple battle. Uh, she was also in Evicta before this where she was 3-0, and oh, and she was the Evicta Strawweight Champion. Um, so she was she, was she the champ right before Murata? Do you know? Or I believe that's the order of operations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She won it, went to the UFC, um, got stripped, obviously, of the title. Then Murata took it, went to the UFC, got stripped the title, and rinse and repeat. All right, she's 2 inches taller, 2 inches of reach. The more active striker, grappling stats in her favor, minus 150. Hell, I'm going dog again, but I have a question mark beside it. So we'll see what Dan says, but I'm taking Murata. But I, like I said, there's a question mark, so I may waver. No, I, I'm going to take Murata too. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm not wavering now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Murata is like the, the clear pick here. And also, uh, just looking now, there was also one fighter in between the two uh, who okay. – um, so actually, Angela Hill held the belt. As soon as she got the belt, uh, she vacated it to go to the UFC. Verna Jandaroba won the belt. Uh, she vacated it to sign with the UFC. Uh, Brianna Van Buren won the belt. She vacated it to sign with the UFC. And then Kanako Murata won it, and she vacated it to go to the UFC. So uh, there you go. That, that's, uh, that's what we're looking at here. And uh, so, yeah, Brianna Van Buren came in between. Uh, but back to the fight. I, I like Kanako Murata a lot. You know, you mentioned the judo background, you know, followed by the – freestyle wrestling background, I think her grappling is outstanding. And I think the really exciting aspect of this fight is that Murata seems to hold the cards of whether or not it goes there. Um, I think her wrestling's probably better. It will be interesting to see if Virna can take her down and what happens in those scrambles. But ultimately, I think what's going to happen is Murata is going to wind up in the better position. So then it becomes a game of, do you think Virna Jandaroba can sub her off her back? And I just don't think she can. Um, and as far as the striking battle goes, I, I was really unimpressed with Jandaroba's striking against uh, Mackenzie Dern last time out. And Dern, I don't think of as a particularly strong striker. She is getting better in those regards, but she shouldn't be able to piece you up like she was piecing up Jandaroba. So I, I don't feel particularly impressed of Jandaroba there. So with all of those things considered... Yeah, I mean, I like the underdog money here on Murata. I told you, I'm all over underdogs on this card, uh, and Murata's just another one of them. Whew, that's four out of five underdogs for me. Yikes. This could be a very profitable night, or it could be a disaster. We'll go with we'll go with profitable. How about? Um, all right, main event time of the prelims. Light heavyweights. Alexa Kamer. Is it Kate? Is Kamer, right? It's Kamer, yep. All right, he is on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week, a little birdie told me. Uh, he's fighting Nikolai... Nagumeranu, Nagumer, Nagum, Nagumeranu, Nagumeranu, Nagumeranu. 
The Gumaranu, right? yeah. <laughs> there you go. As if I'm asking you, man, things have changed, let me tell you. It's fun, though. It's fun trying to pronounce people's uh, names slowly on, on there. I enjoy it. All right. The dude whose name, another guy has a nickname, so screw them, both of them. Don't, don't bet on either of them. Um, NN, what we're going to call this guy. He's 9-1 uh, and one with six knockouts, three submissions, so every one of his fights have gone, and he's never been finished in a fight. So every single one of his 10 MMA fights have uh, gone inside the distance. So if you smell a prop bet here, ladies and gentlemen, um, he's 0-1 in the UFC. He's got four inches of reach on Kamer. He's at plus 200. Kamer 6-1 with five knockouts. He also has never been finished. So there you go. Um, so one of his fights went to a decision. That was it. Um, he is one and one in the UFC. He lost his last fight. He was one and zero in the contender series. He's uh, inch taller and an inch a year younger. Um, striking stats in his favor. Plus he lands five times more strikes than Nugameranu. <laughs> but Nugameranu only had one fight in the UFC, so it's a small sample size. Uh, grappling stats in Kamer's favor minus two sixty. Um, despite the curse, I'm going to go with uh, Kamer on this one. Yeah, despite the curse. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Kamer, too, uh, and here's why. Look, it, it seems like the UFC liked what they had in Alexa Kamer. He trains with Steve Miocic. He's super physically strong. He's young. He's talented. But it does seem like he needs to polish up a little bit before he becomes really good. And so after losing to William Knight, who is also very similar to him, very physically gifted, very strong, uh, you know, still needs to rush up a little bit on technique. After losing to a guy much like him, they found a guy who is going to have trouble with his strength. Um, and that's what I think Nagumaranu is. Is like he's just going to have trouble with the strength of Alex Kamer. I think the long layoff is probably not good for him. And I wasn't really particularly impressed with him before the long layoff either. So yeah, I'm picking Alexa Kamer in this one. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that he's going to walk away a winner here. The Gumaranu. There, I can say it better now that I heard you say it. <laughs> he goes by Nick. Did you know that? That's, his nickname's Nick, actually, so I was uh, incorrect. He did have a nickname. I'm right. Yeah, he. I forgot to mention he was out since, what, March of 2019, even though that fighters who have been out longer seem to um, be winning fights <laughs> more than they should. But, yeah, he has been out since March of 2019. All right, we're both going with Kamer though, regardless. So. All right, that uh, concludes the prelim portion of the card. But we're not just a prelim podcast because that would be ridiculous to have a podcast where you just talk about <laughs> prelim fights. Who, who would do that? No one would listen to that. That would be – especially if someone kept uh, hyping it by the wrong name. No one would definitely not listen to that. All right, before we go into your ad-free main card, let me tell you about the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is exclusive – that's the word – exclusive way to enter – all the SGPN contests, including your SGPN $1,000 NBA contest free roll. The contest locks at the end of this week. I was thinking it was Monday, but you still have time. Uh, it's Friday, I believe, Friday at midnight, um, perhaps. So, yeah, good luck picking the NBA champ now, the way, the way things are going. Um, yeah, we didn't even mention Brooklyn, who have basically Kevin Durant and James Harden on one leg and Kyrie Irving out. So, um, so download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home a thousand bucks. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. I highly recommend it. It is a very good app, and you will get updates or you'll get the notifications if you choose every time a podcast drops, including your favorite podcast, the MMA Gambling Podcast. Um, which you hopefully are listening to on our MMA Gambling Podcast um, feed and not on the SGPN feed. Because once, I think around when football season swings back in, we're going to, 
that feed's going to get pretty busy, so we're just going to be on our own feed. So make sure you subscribe to the MMA, MMA Gambling Podcast feed and give us a awesome review and 12-star um, rating, of course. All right, uh, main card, like I said, ES- ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, 7 p.m. Eastern. Welterweights, Matt Brown and Diego Lima. We just talked about Diego Lima's brother uh, in Bellator losing on the last podcast. Let's see if his little brother has better luck in his fight. So Matt Brown is famously the immortal Matt Brown, is what he OD'd and came back to life, even though he was dead, I think. I think that's where the nickname comes from, doesn't it? Something like that? I, I do not know that to be true, but I would buy it. Sure. I, I, I said, well, th- that did happen to him. I'm not sure if that was uh, where the nickname came from, but he wins because I, I don't see any nickname for Diego Lima. So um, little brother probably is his nickname, and that's not good enough. So Matt Brown wins the nickname um, nickname battle here, but will he win the battle in the cage? Let's see. Uh, he's 22 and 18, which is pretty wild. He's almost 500. He's been around so long. Um, he's almost up to what? 50, this is fight 41, I guess, for him. He's got 14 knockouts, six submissions. He has been subbed 10 times himself in his career. He's 15 and 12 in the UFC. That's wild how long he's been around. Uh, he's lost his last two. He was on the Ultimate Fighter where he went 2 and 1. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor also. He's at plus 142. And this is not a small sample size. He hit like 27 UFC fights for him. Um, Lima, 15 and 8, four knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times, so half of his losses have been with him getting starched. He's four and six in the UFC over two stints. He's won three of his last four. He won three straight and then lost his last fight. He was uh, six and zero oh on top. I, that was over two seasons, also I believe, right? Two different weight classes for him too. Yeah, I one in, I think was the combat season, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and he lost in the finals yeah. of that to Jesse Taylor, who was apparently juiced to the gills. Right. Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah. He he managed the finals of. Middleweight and welterweight, I believe. He lost in the finals of both of us, I think. Oh, right. He, he lost to, uh, was it Eddie the Truck Gordon? Also great sure. name, by the way, if that's who, yes. if I'm remembering <laughs> the right season. Eddie the Truck yeah. Gordon. Yes. He, anyhow, he, he made it to two finals because he was 6-0 in the actual house portion of the show. Um, he's two inches taller, eight years younger, uh, minus 180, despite all the striking and active striking and grappling stats being in... Matt Brown's favor, I, I got to go with the younger, fresher guy in this one. I'm going with Lima. Yeah, I'm going with Lima, too, and it pains me a little bit because I do love Matt Brown. But, look, Lima didn't look awful against Bilal Muhammad, and we now know what Bilal Muhammad is. So, like, I, I mean, like, that's that's a decent recent loss that he's had. I mean, if you go back to that win over Court McGee that he had, I mean, like, he even looked good defending takedowns against Court McGee, who – you know, has had a resurgence since then, and we sort of all believe in. Diego Lima, I think, quietly is, like, way better than we think he is. Um, and, and you're right. Like, you said the words aged Matt Brown. That, that's kind of it at this point, right? Like, he's not the Matt Brown that we remember. He, I, I think he's going to go in there and, and be looking for the kill at all times. But, you know, against a younger, fresher guy, you know, who's only what, – what's Diego Lima? He's only like 30, 31 years old. I, I think it, Matt Brown's just going to have trouble with his speed, his strength, his cardio, you know, a lot of things in there. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Diego Lima. Does the fact that he's immortal change your, your thoughts on this at all? I mean, I don't think he's going to get knocked out. I, I think that that's uh, probably a safe play. You don't have to worry about him going in there and getting flatlined. Uh, I, I think Diego Lima by decision is probably the right play. Yeah, I guess immortal just um... – doesn't necessarily um, – it just means he's not going to die in the cage. Right, exactly. Um, he, he might lose. Okay. All right. Um, we'll pick against him now that we've got that all figured out. All right. Moving along, 
middleweights, Wellington Terman, Bruno Silva. Now, this is the middleweight Bruno Silva, not the flyweight Bruno Silva, hopefully, because um, I think I'm going to pick him. And if it's the flyweight one, oh, man, I'm in trouble going up against a, a middleweight. All right, uh, Terman is nicknamed the Prodigy. I think he is young, so I think that is uh, – let me check how old he is. I think – he can still be called the prodigy at this point. Um, he is the younger man of the two. Um, the intern's going to check uh, how old he actually is, because what would you say the cutoff is for being called the prodigy? 26. 26? Okay, let's see. Any, if any older than that, and you're no longer a prodigy. Okay, uh, he is... He is 24. Okay, he is a prodigy. Definitely is a prodigy. Um, all right, let's uh, tell you about let's tell you about the prodigy first, since we're already talking about him. He's sixteen and four, four knockouts, seven submissions. He's already one and two in the UFC, so that's not very prodigy like. Uh, he got knocked out his last fight. He's seven years younger than Silva. He's at plus one twenty. Silva's nickname is Blindado, which means armored. I'm going with armored for sure. Yeah, that's a better nickname. That's a better nickname. All right, he's nineteen and six, uh, sixteen knockouts. Check that out. He's been, uh, however, uh, he's been subbed five out of his six losses have come via submission. And Terman does have seven submission victories. So there's something to keep an eye on. This is Silva's debut. He was off, what, two-year suspension, USADA suspension. So he has not fought since November 2018. He's on a four-fight win streak. He's at minus 150. A lot of red flags there, but I'm going to take uh, Armored Silva at minus 150. I'm going to take him as well. Um, you know, like, obviously the USADA suspension worries me, but the fact that he's a big power puncher and he's up against a guy who just got knocked out by Andrew Sanchez. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, man, do I like Andrew Sanchez's wrestling, but, man, do I not particularly respect his striking. Um, so with that being said, like, he's up against a guy who's been knocking people silly in M1. Now, granted, some of that could have been because of the funky juice that he was on, but... Uh, I'm still going to take the guy uh, imagining that, you know, he's probably just going to touch Terman's chin here. Yeah, he, I, forgot, I forgot to mention he was fighting an M1 over in Europe, one of the top promotions over there. So he does have a lot of good experience. All right, moving on. Featherweights. Uh, who do we got here? Julian Juicy J. Arosa versus Sing Woo Choi, who does he have a nickname? No nicknames. Obviously, Juicy J, despite how disgusting the nickname is, he, he's the winner here. Um, you love the nickname. 20... It's, let's, let's, let's let the listeners actually know. This is Jeff's favorite nickname He's actually considered starting to change his nickname to Juicy Jeff. It should be. It should be. It, it, uh, I would go with that. Um, you can't choose your own nicknames, though, so someone has to well, put I it just, on me first. I just gave you Juicy Jeff. So well, you, you, just, you, you also just gave, you just gave me a title for the podcast, too. I was just thinking I don't have a subtitle for it. Now I do. Juicy, Juicy Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> All right. Juicy, the original Juicy J is 25 and 8 with 11 knockouts, 11 submissions. So how's that for a finisher and a well-rounded dude four he's been knocked out himself four times so half of his losses have come via knockout he's three and four in the ufc over three stints which is pretty crazy usually you don't get three kicks at the can this most recent stint is his most successful though he's won two straight fights um the last two fights have both been finishes to tko and submission he was one on the contender series he's three and one on ultimate fighter so he's he's been on all the properties uh he's an inch taller striking and active striking stats in his favor plus 115 Choi, 9-3 with five knockouts, 2-2 two two in the UFC. He lost his first two fights, won his last two. Three years younger, minus 145. Once again, despite the curse, top Twitter curse, I'm, I'm going to take Juicy J, my namesake. 
I'm I'm gonna take him and another underdog here too, right? Like this yep, is another it, underdog, and it seems crazy, but like I will say this: since he has gone out there and become much more aggressive, and, and I think that's the difference. If you look at the last two fights, I mean, he was one in four in the UFC before they hired him again on short notice to fight Sean Woodson. That Sean Woodson and those Nate Landward fights are two guys who are really good strikers, right? And yes, he does choke Sean Woodson, but that was after he tagged him on the feet too. So. I think the big difference for him is just that, like, in this most recent stint, he's just like, I'm going to move forward and get crazy. Uh, and, and I think that, like, desperation style that he brings, he's really good when he does that. Um, you know, and I, I think he, he made, you know, Nate Landwer look scared for a little bit. I mean, like, he, he went toe-to-toe with Sean Woodson before he tagged him. And, like, you know, he has the submission skills, too, if if – he's not able to finish with the hands. He can stun you and finish you that way. So while I like Choi, and I think Choi is probably, uh, you know, going to give him a fun fight on the feet, Choi also hasn't been much of a finisher in the UFC. Like, he's got some finishes in his, like, regional circuit, and, like, I think he fought for top FC, if I'm not mistaken, which is, like... Yeah, sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. which is, like, not a particularly great Korean organization either. But, like, you know, a, a decision win over Suman Mokhtarian, who's not even in the UFC anymore, doesn't get me excited for your hands as much as a knockout over Nate Landwehr in less than a minute. So, yeah, I, I like a roasty here. And, I, you know, I'll tell you what, if you're trying to get real crazy, I'll, I'll give you a prop bet ahead of time. I like him by knockout here, too. Whoa, crazy. Um, that will be even better money than we're already getting plus money there. So that, that is – Dan is very much a degenerate here. So, um, Ben Waits. Marlon Chito Vera versus Davey Dangerous Grant Cheeto wins the nickname battle. For sure. For sure. Dangerous Davey Grant. Eh, that sounds all right. Sounds like old school boxer. Uh, he's 13 and four with three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been subbed eight times and four times. Sorry. All of his losses have come via sub- submission. He's four and three in the UFC, but he has won three straight fights. Last two via knockouts. He was one and one in the ultimate fighter striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's at plus 180. Mr. Chito Vera, 16-7-1 with six knockouts, eight submissions, never been finished in a fight, 10-6 in the UFC. He's 1-2 over his last three, lost his last fight. He's an inch taller, 70 years younger, minus 230. We'll pitch it over to you, sir. I'm going to get crazy again. I'm going to another underdog. So am I. Yeah, wow. you're going Davey Grant, too? Get out of here. We're dangerous. We're dangerous. Yeah. Just I mean, like Davey. I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned his output is better uh, on the feet. Yep. And, and I think that that's true. And I will also say this. You know, he has some submission losses in all there. A lot of them are him engaging in the wrestling first. And he seems to have gotten away from that, except for when he needs it. Um, so he's mixing it in less. And... If you look at those knockout wins, they are against guys who are damn good strikers. Martin Day and Jonathan Martinez are both known for their striking, getting knocked out by the old man, Davey Grant. And, you know, like, I'm not saying that that Marwin Vera isn't good at striking, because I think he is. But, like, as far as being, like, a pure striker, I mean, I, I don't know how much better than Jonathan Martinez he is. Um, You know, he just got beat up by Jose Aldo, you know. He did get Sean O'Malley down after leg kicking him and, and finish him there, but like I wouldn't have picked him in a striking match against Sean O'Malley. I, I actually think that Davy Grant has a great chance of touching his chin here. I wouldn't bet him by by knockout here, uh, but I do. I think if you're talking about these odds, man, getting him at, at anywhere over one one and a half, 
is a hell of a set of odds. There you go. We're dog heavy here. Um, do you go into these fight cards uh, like saying I have to pick a certain number of dogs or you just you, go with the You flow? know, what I actually try to do is I actually try not to look at the Vegas odds before I pick. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, yeah. and then, then if, uh, you know, I, I – you know, look through the card and I literally just pick chalk. Then I think to myself, well, it's probably not going to go chalk top to bottom. And then I look for one or two that I actually like. Or if I was like really on a coin flip of a pick and I picked one guy over the other and he winds up being like a negative 300 favorite, then I go to the underdog because I had it as a coin flip and the, the plus 280 right. money coming back. Or maybe plus 275, maybe sounds about right. Um, that money coming back uh, would, would make me flip flop. Yep, that's pretty much the, the same uh, f- format I use over here. Okay, we'll go to the Comey and Chunky guys again. Heavyweights, it's a it's also a Animal Kingdom battle. We got Alexei Boa Constrictor Olenek versus Sergei Polar Bear Spivak. Hmm, Boa Constrictor makes sense because of all of his chokes. I'm going to go with Boa Constrictor po- for the next Polar nickname. Bear makes sense because he's large, white, and, and kind of got a lot of extra skin. <laughs> it's true. That's also true. And and he's from, like, he's not from Siberia, probably. He's from Moldova. Are there polar bears in Moldova? I, Damn. I don't I don't think so, but let me tell you something. <laughs> I am not the world's foremost expert in Moldovan wildlife. All right. Regardless, um, so... We're deciding polar bear is probably a better name because it's I like, funnier because it's like, chunky guy, right? I like polar bear better, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Honor, honor, honor the chunky guy. Exactly. All right, let's, let's go with our, uh, the old man first. Um, the bull constrictor, Alexi Olenek, 59-15-1. Uh, <laughs> this is his record. Um, eight knockouts, 46 submissions. His, uh, 46 submissions, ladies and gentlemen. So this is fight, what, 76 for him. As a pro, uh, he's been knocked out nine times. He's eight and six in the UFC. He's lost his last two fights via TKO. He was also in Bellator where he was one and one. Uh, he made his pro debut in 1996. What were you doing in 1996, Dan? 1996, uh, I was playing T-ball. There you go. Yeah, I was on my, the T-ball team, the Braves. <laughs> Oh, is that why you're an Atlanta Brave fan, so, or was to, that just a happy some, coincidence? To some extent, but also because uh, when I was a small child, I just liked all the teams that were winning, uh, and whether or not they're winning now doesn't seem to matter. I'm still a fan <laughs> of all of them. So go, yep. go Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Braves, um, oh, uh, Dallas Cowboys, like, you know, teams that were winning in the 90s. <laughs> yep, makes sense. Um all right, he's he's got two inches of reach because he's got insane arms. This man, he because he's a boa constrictor. That makes sense. He's at plus one eighty. As for the polar bear, he's twelve and two with five knockouts, six submissions, three and two in the UFC. He's won his last two fights, both uh, last fight via TKO. He got an inch of height, eighteen years of youth on Olenek, <laughs> uh, which is insane. Stri- striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus two thirty. Uh, he's the obvious pick for me here. Yeah, I- I'm gonna go with Spivak too. Um, while I like the submission game of, of Olenek, uh, two problems here. Number one, I'm not sure you can get him down. Um, Spivak does a good job of keeping his feet. Does a good job of getting back up has good pressure in the first place that will help him stay away from those takedowns. Um, but also his cardio is just 800 times better than Alexi Olenek. So if this fight goes more than, let's say, three and a half minutes, I think 
Olenek is going to have a tough time subbing him just based on the fact that he's going to be tired out. Um, you know, and that's that's not a knock on the fact that Alexei Olenek is 78 years old, but it is a knock on the fact that, like, his cardio doesn't seem to hold up anymore. Like, he, he gassed out before Maurice Green did. And granted, he got the sub in that fight, but, like, he looked really tired against a guy who also doesn't have a good gas tank. So I, I think the younger, better cardio of Spivak is just going to carry him in this one. Um, to Dan is an ageist. Uh, Olenek's only turning 44 in a week. Okay, he's not 70 or whatever, but close enough. Um, he, he certainly feels it, 78. <laughs> well, in, yeah, basically, it, uh, for a pro athlete, he probably checks out to be about uh, in the 70s when you're based on who he's going up against here. Um, all right, the main event. Um, featherweights. Chen Sung Jun, aka the Korean Zombie, versus Dan Ige, aka. Dynamite or 50K? Uh, he named himself 50K because that's how much the bonuses are in the UFC, which is kind of like you're begging for a bonus. Obviously, Crane Zombie is an all-time great nickname, so he is the nickname winner. I think he wins the nickname battle no matter what, but here's what I will say. Do you know that Dan okay. Ige, when he made his UFC debut, did not have the nickname Dynamite and did not have the nickname 50K? I figure 50K would have been after he was in the UFC. But so was, it, so it was Dynamite. His first nickname... Why? His first nickname okay. was the Danimal. <laughs> See that? I might have picked that over. The Danimal was the Danimal so was so freaking good, and I was so bummed yeah, when they, then he started using dynamite. And I'm like, that's not as good. Go back to the Danimal. That's not as good. And then he made all. it right, even uh, worse. <laughs> yeah, 50k. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, break down the Danimal. We we shall call him Danimal. No one can stop us. Uh, he's 15 and three with four knockouts, five submissions. He has never been finished in a fight. He's seven and two in the UFC. He won via KO in his last fight. He's won seven of his last eight. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's four years younger. Striking stats in his favor, minus 110. Uh, Mr. Zombie, comma, Korean, is 16-6 and six with six knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked down himself three times. He's 6-3 and three in the UFC. He's 2-1, and one, but he lost his last fight to Brian Ortega. He also was in WEC Never Die, 0-2 uh, there. He's got an inch of reach. He's more active striker, landing uh, grappling stats in his favor, minus 115. We'll let you break it down first. You know, I'm leaning towards Ige, though, I'll have to say. Uh, you know, this is such a tough one for me because it is. The, the thing that – so I, I'm going to officially pick Korean Zombie. Uh, okay. I, I, and the reason why I'm going to take him is that, all things considered, I think this fight on the feed is pretty close. Um, yep. I, I'm not particularly leaning one way or the other. But I do think Korean Zombie has a grappling advantage. So I think he could take it there if he wanted to. I think his sub game is better than Ige's. Not positive that his wrestling is better, but I think it's probably serviceable enough. And if it did go to the mat, sweeps and, and ultimately like back takes, that, that leans towards uh, Korean Zombie. So I'm going to take him for those reasons. But I will say with a caveat, I'm super worried about how he looked against Brian Ortega. Either Brian Ortega got miraculously way better on the feet suddenly, or Korean Zombies lost a step or two. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure which one it is, but it gives me enough pause to be like, if it's the latter, if it is Korean Zombie is taking steps backwards at the moment because he's, you know, he's hit that arc of his career, Ige is the type of guy who can do well enough on the feet here that he could steal a decision. The only problem is I have is that if you don't think that he's taken a bunch of steps back and that was Ortega advancing, 
EK did get pieced up pretty decently by Calvin Cater. He wasn't close to winning that fight, in my opinion. I don't know that Korean Zombie is, like, as good of a pure boxer, but, like, he, he is a tougher striker in a lot of ways in the way that he uses the clinch, is the way that he uses his kicks, and, I mean, like, even the heaviness of his strikes sometimes is, is probably better than Cater's, although I guess Cater's got a couple of big knockouts, too. But, like, it's comparable, at least. It's worth talking about. Whereas Ige, so if Ige couldn't hang with Cater, I actually think Zombie might have a slight advantage there too. So ultimately I'm going to go with Korean Zombie, but I am, again, like some of the ones we talked about earlier tonight, just not sure on this one. Yeah, it's a a tough one. I'm taking Ige because he's he's a savage, uh, first of all, of course. He's an animal. Um, He's a danimal. He's an animal. He is a danimal. He's not just an animal, he's a danimal. He's um, super durable, never been finished, so I think he can outlast uh, Zombie, and I'm I'm counting on uh, – I don't want it to be true, but I'm counting on Zombie being um, on the downswing here, and I think um, Ige can basically out-tough him or out, uh, outlast him in, in this fight. Um, so that's why I'm taking him, but if this is a like pretty much a coin flip, which, you know, is what these, the uh, betting line states also, so – um, so we differed on what the opener and the last fight. I think that's uh, the opener and the main event. I think are the only two is fights that, we differed is that on. Really which is, it? Yeah, I, I think so. Copio and yep. looks like no, a, no, no. I think like there a, was one more in there. There's um, got to be one more in there. I thought there was. One. Uh, no, it doesn't look like Man, it. Man, that is pretty wild. And we took know, a lot of dogs. <laughs> I know it should be fun. It's going to be a very profitable uh, Saturday, let me tell you, folks. Uh, Dan's going to make it more profitable. He's got some parlays, right? Um, yeah. Do you want me to give you one right now? Sure. Yeah. Parlays or, or props or whatever. So, you, you, you've kind of given them out while we were going through, the, going through, but if you want to recap. So I, I mentioned that Julian Arosa prop on a knockout because I, I do think it's a pretty likely that he gets it. You know, I'm looking around at, at whatever sports books have, have listed it at right now. And it's looking like at whatever sportsbooks say it, which I won't mention because they don't sponsor the show, um, the, the <laughs> ones that have mentioned Erosa by knockout have it at plus 700, um, which is a, a true D-Gen style bet there. That if, is. If you can find a, a number plus 700. But, man, I, I, I really like that number, and I really like that outcome too. Also, you know, just thinking out loud here, Murata is probably going to win a decision. I don't think she's going to get a finish on, on Jandaroba. Look, if you, if you look at that fight, you know, Jandaroba didn't get finished by Mackenzie Dern on the mat. So, like, if she didn't get finished by Dern, she ain't going to get finished by Murata. And then you can boost Murata's odds all the way up from, like, plus 100 or plus 110. You can get her at plus 200 there. So you, you almost, like, double your money. If you're going to pick Murata, you might as well take her that way. Um, and as far as parlays to go, you know, some of the people who I like in parlays on this fight, I really like Sergei Spivak. I think that that's a slam dunk at, at like, negative 225 or whatever you said it was. Right around that number. I, I can't imagine he's going to walk away a loser here in all of that. And... If I'm going to pair him with anybody, I actually like Josh Parisian. I mean, he's a slight favorite, but, like, he forced me to pick against the guy who I really like, so I must really think he's going to win. <laughs> um, exactly. So, yeah, I, I like maybe Parisian with Spivak. We'll, we'll go all chunky guy uh, parlay on this one. Oh, chunky nice. parlay. I, I like it. Uh, Spivak is minus 230, um, by the way, so I think you were thinking he was in the 100s, but he's minus 230. 
130 and Preezy is minus 135. So yeah, you I, know, put those two together. You, you put those two together, you're probably going to wind up right around like plus 145, plus 150. And I, I think that that's definitely a, a good turnaround for those two. True, he's not good at math, but the degenerate knows odds when, when you when you put parlays together. He automatically knows <laughs> what the odds My brain background. calculates it out for you. <laughs> exactly, degenerate math. All right, um, we'll do our locks. You you got first pick this week. I, I got to bounce week? back. So Ooh. yeah, we'll give you we'll give you first pick regardless. Um, you know the odds aren't great, but I am gonna take Spivak. Um, you know I just think that that's a probably the easiest fight on the card and the odds yeah, I was thinking that the odds at negative 230 for you are not even bad enough to be like ooh it's not going to make me any money by the way it's I, I double checked uh if you put those odds together in a probably it's plus 142 not 145 so my bad my wow. my math wasn't all that good <laughs> wow that's still impressive how close you were <laughs> All right, I'm taking Diego Lima at minus 180. We're both going against old guys um, in this one. I, I, I like him for my lock. I need to bounce back with my lock picks. So, All right, we did it. We broke down the whole card. Should be uh, What fight are you looking forward to other than the um, the women's strawweight one that we talked about? Main event probably, I guess. I actually – so I am excited about the main event, but I think that one kind of goes without saying because it's the only one with big names. But I, I think Matthew Semmelsberger in, in Chaos Williams has got all kinds of weirdness built into it. Like, in all honesty, like, if Chaos wins, it is going to be with a blistering KO, right? So that it, that's fun already. Then you get to see Semmelsberger. Is he the guy who can stay away from that big KO? Because he's 2-0 in the UFC. He, he actually is, like, bordering on that prospect moniker right now because, you know, the, the two wins, the, the Carlton minus win, not a big deal. Jason Witt, he knocked out in 15 seconds, also kind of not a big deal. But, like, if he could beat somebody like Chaos Williams, like, we'd probably have to start talking about him as, like, a guy at 170 that, like, probably deserves a fairly large name after this. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he mixes the pieces of his game together um, to try to solve the puzzle that is uh, Chaos Williams and his thunderous hands. Yep, that should be a fun one. Um, potential fight of the night there. Uh, tomorrow night we got PFL with the uh, main event, uh, two <laughs> ex-UFC fighters, Gleason Tebow versus Rory McDonald. Um what are the uh, what are their drug testing rules? Talk, you know, <laughs> are you asking because you saw Gleason Tebow? <laughs> no, I'm just curious because it it seems when every when guys leave the UFC, all of a sudden they uh, turn into comic book superheroes. Did you see? Physique, did you happen to see the the Instagram picture they posted of those two squaring off? And yeah, I, I did see a square off. Did, yeah. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see the comment underneath by Jamie Varner? No. So former WEC slash he was in the UFC for a WC bit. WEC right? never died. He was in the UFC for a bit, right, Jamie Varner? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yep. and so his comment underneath was, "Yo, does PFL have drug testing?" <laughs> just like not hiding it at all, just being like, "Yo, no. Gleason Tebow's juice." <laughs> yeah, Roy McDonald minus eight hundred uh, for that fight. Uh, it's it's got a decent fight card. Roy Cooper the third is on it. He's he's an underdog. Is you think that's Ray Cooper the Nikolai. third is an underdog? Plus one thirty against Nikolai Alex Sakin, who I don't know. It's so. got to be just because he's got a Russian sounding last name and he's in Probably. PFL, and that, that <laughs> tends to be dangerous for you. And we ha- we have the new Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Champion Tom Lawler is also on this card. Uh, he's at he's at plus three sixty five. Um, but yeah, who is it, Tom it, Lawler fighting? Uh, he's fighting Jordan Young. Did I also? Oh, Jordan Young's pretty 
pretty good. Um, did I, see Daniel? Did I, did I also see that Chris Camozzi is on this fight card too? Chris Camozzi versus Cesar Ferreira. Yeah, Ferreira. Pair, so pair of UFC it's guys all. there too. And Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Vinicius Maga, Vinny Magalhaes. Oh, that should be a fun who, grappling match, actually. Who who badmouthed my website once? I remember. So oh yeah, because I'm not a fan because, of his. Because of those. Because yeah. <laughs> I had one of his pay things wrong. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He was very cranky. <laughs> yes, he, he claimed that he he got a he got a bad deal because of uh, some pay thing I reported. Like, then you need a better manager, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they're reading um, websites more than they're listening exactly. to your manager. You have a problem with your manager, dude. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If your manager your manager said, okay, well, this website says you made this much, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get you a deal for this much. Anywho, um, so yeah, that's PFL. Have you watched any weird MMA since we last talked, Dan? No, I haven't. No, Sunday? I wasn't even able to get to wow, my tough, slacker. which is really weird MMA because it's mostly a, a soap wow. opera. Um, but <laughs> it's true. yeah, I'm behind on my weird MMA. But PFL and, and Ultimate Fighter will will catch me up on on being weird. There you go. Um. You're always always weird. Stay weird. Everyone who listens to this podcast is weird too. I'm sure the gens. All right, that's enough for you, uh, UK Duties. That's enough free content for you. Uh, make sure you follow all our picks and win, and thank us uh, later. You can thank us on Twitter if you like. Jeff Fox Writer W R I T E R. I think is how writer spelled. And uh, Gumby Vreeland. Um, you can listen to his Top Turtle MMA podcast and his Prelim Primer podcast. You can. Subscribe to our podcast, obviously, MMA Gambling Podcast, if you choose. I suppose I think you should. You should. You can read all our good stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can read all our good stuff at mma-manifesto.com. I think that's all I really have to tell them. Is there any any other plugs, Dan? I should get in. And I get to. I uh, have an epic. I get to close out the show, and I have an epic um, goodbye for you all. So I'm gonna say bye.